Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to Sweet Savage Flame. This is your host, Jacqueline Diaz. And it's been a while since we did our last broadcast. I think it was uh, the end of April, early May that we did our last broadcast. We've been very busy at our website, sweetsavageflame.com. In the last few months, we've been doing uh, lots of reviews, articles on your favorite authors, artists, publishing houses, and much more. And we like to focus on vintage historical romance, vintage category romance, and vintage contemporary romance. Sounds kind of paradoxical, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And we basically focus from the era of 1970 to 2000. And for a reason, there's a specific reason that we like to focus on that era, because there's so many pivotal changes that happened within the romance genre. And because of that, I wanted to focus on a list of historical romances. Um, in the future, I want to address contemporary or category romances. But for now, we're talking about the 15 old school historical romances that revolutionized the genre. Now, these books, um, I could have easily made a list of 20, 30, 40 40 books or more, but for brevity's sake, we're going to limit this to 15 books and talk about them now. These 15 historical romances published before 2000 either caused radical changes in the romance novel industry or they are so pivotal and unforgettable, they're absolute must-reads. So please note, at SweetSavageFlame.com, we may not have reviewed all the books yet, but we recognize their importance to the genre. Our aim is to review all the books on this list if we haven't already. If we have, please go to our website, SweetSavageFlame.com, and check out the reviews. So let's start with the first one. And of course, we start at the beginning in 1972 with Kathleen E. Woodowice's The Flame and the Flower. Now, uh, it was published by Avon Books, and it was absolutely monumental. Before 1972, romance novels were not as sexually graphic as this book was. It, what happened would be that you would have closed-door love scenes. The couple would kiss and embrace. They would fade to black, and like Rhett Butler bringing Scarlett O'Hara up the stairs and she waking up the next morning yawning in delight. You wouldn't actually get to see the action or get to you know, know what was going on. So uh, The Flame and the Flower was the first book to go beyond that into the bedroom. And it was explicit, but it's nowhere near as explicit as what books are today. There were a lot of flowery euphemisms, purple prose used in love scenes. Now, Kathleen E. Woodowice changed the romance novel industry with this book. It, in it included explicit sex scenes between the protagonists. Now, although in The Flame and the Flower, the hero forces himself upon the heroine, some readers would now refer to it as forced seduction. See, in other words, this was a plot device for unmarried virgin heroine to be sexually active, yet still considered a moral girl. Because there was a lot of baggage. You were considered, in the 1970s, it was a time of change, of sexual mores were changing, and, you know, 
women were had been on the pill since 1965. Things have been extremely active. Now, the, the media was starting to show this. The closed-door love scenes were now a relic of the past because of this book. The historical romance changed forever, and the bodice ripper in particular was born. And we've spoken about the bodice ripper before. Um, I recommend you check out my first uh, podcast or video on discussing bod bodice rippers. The romance genre overall would never be the same. Going to number two, the next book on our list is Rosemary Rogers' Sweet Savage Flame, also published by Avon in 1973. Uh, we don't know who the cover artist of this book is, uh, but the uh, book was incredibly, incredibly successful. Rosemary Rogers had read Sweet, uh, I'm sorry, The Flame and the Flower, and basically thought to herself, I can write a book just as good as this. And she had been working on a novel for much of her life. This she had been working on, had in her head, and just revised it and revised it until it finally came to what happened is Sweet Savage Flame. So capitalizing on the success, Rosemary Rogers' first book ratcheted things up to a different level. Now, beyond just a heroine being ravished by this handsome man, the heroine would be ravished by multiple men. So this book included rape, forced seduction, multiple sex partners, cheating, and violence. A lot of that. And today, you know, people are a little squeamish about that. But back then, this was exciting and, and new and different. And this sold millions of, uh, millions of books and spawned several sequels. It seemed that the ultra-sexual romps would mark the historical ram romances for the foreseeable future. This was very popular to have now in books. Books would ha continue to have a heroine who would be ravished by the hero, or maybe not the hero, and then she would have other lovers and sometimes find herself with the first man that she had been with or some other man completely. So this book showed that the heroine could enjoy sex with men besides the hero. Um, Ginny and Steve is a legendary, legendary couple. I recommend you read this book just for the lulls. It's a great book. Third book on the list is Moonstruck Madness by Laurie McBain. And just like the other previous two books, this was also published by Avon in 1977. And we, oh, I forgot to address the cover artists of uh, the other books before. The cover artist of this book is the great H. Tom Hall. And he actually did two covers versions. One was a lone version with the heroine on a horse. And this one was more of a traditional kind of clinch cover where they were embracing each other. So this book was Laurie McBain's second outing. Her first book, I believe, was Devil's Desire. Now, this was the one that made her an Avon queen of romance. The swashbuckling romance was a huge hit and the first in a popular trilogy about the Dominic family. This plot differed completely from Widowis and Rogers' works in that the lovemaking, the initial lovemaking, was consensual and there was no bed hopping like in Rosemary Rogers' books. The violence was not overly gratuitous and over the top. Moonstruck Madness was a kinder, gentler offering with no bodice ripping in sight. Fans flocked to the more tender romantic style, and ultimately, 
this was a style that would produce long-term success. The bodice ripper was very popular for a long time, but the sweeter romances from Laurie McBain, that legacy would continue on. And next on this list, we have the infamous The Silver Devil. The Silver Devil was written by Teresa Dennis, whose real name was Jackie Bianchi. She was an editor for Mills and Boone. This was published, uh, this paperback version was published by Ballantine Books in 1978. And again, the cover artist is H. Tom Hall. His work is, once you know it, you're very familiar with it. And it's an absolutely beautiful artwork. Now, this book is incredibly infamous for the hero, Duke Domenico. He is one of the coolest and most obsessive heroes in romance history. And uh, unfortunately, Teresa Dennis, she passed away all too soon. She only wrote two books, The Silver De Devil and The Flesh and the Devil, which I much prefer personally. I love The, Silver, the Flesh and the Devil, I'm sorry. And... The Silver Devil is, is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. You should read it. But uh, let's get on to that. Duke Domenico is possibly the most extreme anti-hero ever written in a historical romance. Teresa Dennis's first-person point-of-view romance about an Italian beauty purchased by a powerful duke is still one of the most highly talked about bodice rippers today. The prose is magnificent. The scenes of violence and brutality are intense. I believe there's one scene where the hero has uh, one of his enemies eaten alive by dogs. I mean, it, it's really brutal. The hero, he's complicated, to say the least. I'm not going to delve into it. You should really read it and find out for yourself. This book ends happily ever after, just like all romances should. But the happy ending, to me, seemed very unbelievable beyond the last pages of the book because this guy was such a crazed maniac i don't see how he could have survived past you know the end of this book so going on i believe this is our fifth book is fires of winter by johanna Lindsay, and yet again this is another book published by avon Avon was the powerhouse publisher of romance novels. Without Avon, I do not know if romances would exist in the same form as they do today. Uh, this was published in 1980, and this is the beautiful work of Robert McGinnis. Robert McGinnis did a gorgeous cover. This was the first cover, I believe, where a man was completely nude. And the heroine was laying between his nude thighs. Initially, McGinnis had painted the heroine with no clothes. But the publishers nixed that. And he had to put a white kind of little uh, nighty on her. Johanna Lindsay's third novel, Fires of Winter, was a Viking romance about a captive Welsh slave and a Nordic owner. This bodice ripper is all about the battle between the sexes. Uh, Lady Brenna is uh, raised as a young boy, practically her father's son, and she wants to be a son. And the Vikings take over, her family is murdered, she's taken captive, and she's given as a slave to Garrick, and she refuses to be a servant. She refuses to be his slave, and he tries to dominate her. And this is this big fight between them, both master and slave, man and woman. 
Now this book doesn't contain any cheating, so that makes a lot of difference to a lot of readers. And with this book, she's, Joanna Lindsay cemented her status as one of romance's best-selling authors with this book. Um, this Robert McGinnis cover, like I said, it's legendary. It's the first Naked Man cover on a romance. Okay, moving forward, we're going to talk about Sky O'Malley by Bertree Small. This is another Ballantine book, also published in 1980. This cover artist, I do not know who did this, and if anyone has any idea, please let me know. I've been trying for years to find out who the cover artists for Bertree Small's early works are. Now, Sky O'Malley is legendary. It is the queen of erotic romance, as Bertrice Small was known, Pièce de Résistance. This is her magnum opus. In this Tudor-era set romance, the beautiful Irish lass Sky O'Malley amasses husbands, lovers, enemies. She experiences the most rollicking adventures any heroine in Romance Landia could dream of. This, this story is just so crazy. Uh, it starts out in Ireland where this beautiful woman, Sky O'Malley, is in love with the son of the Lord Nile. And because they're from different classes, they really can't be together. So Sky is married off to this other man. And on her wedding night, Nile comes in and points his finger at her and says, I claim droit de seigneur of this woman, meaning, you know, prima noctis. I. He takes advantage of her on her wedding night and leaving the husband to be angry. And that is just the first of Skye's many, many husbands. She's got lots of husbands, lots of lovers, lots of adventures in her book. This is just crazy, crazy romp. You really can't take it seriously, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, next on the list is Savage Ecstasy by Janelle Taylor. This was published by Walter Zacharias's Zebra Imprint, and it was published in 1982. The cover artist was the famous Walter Pop, and if you look at the cover, it looks like something's going to pop out of that heroine's dress, namely her bosom, and Hero seems very aware of it. Now, this wasn't, Savage Ecstasy wasn't the first zebra historical romance. Zebras was the line that started out by the Kensington Publishing Company, which is the largest independent publisher in America. It was a family-run company, um, and they started to produce romances with these really kind of over-the-top covers. With they, they spent more money on the covers than they did on their writers, and for the most part, the books were kind of kind of iffy you know you really reading a book you didn't know if you were getting a good one or not chances are you weren't getting a good one when you picked up a zebra but this one was this savage ecstasy was a huge huge phenomenal hit uh it this was the book that put the, uh, the largest u.s independent publisher on the map now zebra was a force to be reckoned in the romance field and in the 80s and into the 90s zebra was very successful they're not successful not the same way as they used to be there's still a lot of people that uh read zebra books but they're just not the same anymore this book sold over a million copies and so did its sequel defiant ecstasy Savage Ecstasy launched a huge series of uh, ecstasy romances the, uh, about 
uh, Alicia and Gray Eagle. And these spawned a huge genre of Native American romances, which romance readers consumed in droves. They love these romances. So I know there's a lot of controversy today about the political correctness of Native American romances. But say what you will, readers love them. They love them like they like Highland romances today. Next on the list is another crazy, crazy book, Stormfire by Christine Monson. Christine Monson, uh, she also died pretty early, tragically young. Uh, unfortunately, she died, I believe, by suicide after writing several books. And uh, that's very sad. But uh, if you read Stormfire, you can kind of see that her mind could create the most crazy visions and uh surprisingly enough this was published by avon books too 1984 now this cover artist is the great pino diani pino d'angelico diani who is probably the most ubiquitous cover artist in all of romance and the this romance is really hard to find i didn't say before the silver devil is also incredibly hard to find these books go for hundred dollars you know or more depending on the condition so Christine Monson's Stormfire is perhaps the genre's last or one of the genres last true bodice rippers and by that I mean it's not just that the heroine is uh, is ravished by the hero it's the brutality the things that the hero commits upon the heroine Stormfire made other books of the 1970s compare appear tame in contrast to it. It is vengeance in its extremest form. It's absolute brutality. From the moment the heroine is kidnapped and violated by the hero, we know this book is not for the faint-hearted. Like the Silver Devil, it transcends its seemingly sordid content through thoughtful, superb writing and intense characterization. It's really the characterization that makes us so good. Um, again, I don't want to spoil it. Please, uh, we reviewed this on our website, so it's probably a little spoiled there. But read the books. These are these are very essential if you want to be uh, not skilled in the knowledge of the history of romance. Next on the list is Whitney, My Love by Judith McNaught. And this book was released by Pocket Books in 1985. The cover artist for this book is Harry Bennett. And you can tell Harry Bennett's style from his whirling hair. And see how the uh, kind of swirls you see on the dress. Whitney, My Love, this is a story of a gawky, cultish girl who's in love with a charming young man who barely notices her. And she goes off to finishing school, off to the continent. Of course, this takes place in England, where most of uh, these romances are set. And she goes off to the continent, and she returns a beauty. So Whitney Stone finds herself forced into marriage to the dark Duke of Westmoreland because her father needs to settle debts. And that's a usually uh, usual plot in these books. The father, the brother is in debt, and the heroine has to marry this man that she doesn't love. And there's, you know, a scene where it could be taken as forced seduction or 
It's, I wouldn't call it rape, but a lot of readers found this controversial because, again, this book was published in 85, and this is when the big bodice ripper craze was kind of softening. Books were now being more gentle, uh, but slowly, slowly, after their first bad night, they learned to love each other, and for that reason, it's considered a classic to this day besides that, you know, very controversial scene. Next on this list is another pocketbooks author, Jude Devereaux. Uh, Jude Devereaux, by the way, Judith McNaught and Julie Garwood, I consider the three J's. They were pocketbooks, big powerhouse authors. This book was published in 1989. And if we take a look at the cover, it's very different from our previous covers in that there's no clinch. There's no couple. It's just a picture of a knight's hand, his gauntlet, on a rose. And this was how novels were changing. Instead of having that passionate clinch cover, some of them would just have flowers, or, or you know, so people wouldn't be embarrassed by them. And we'll talk about covers in another edition. But you know, sometimes readers were embarrassed to be seen with these clinch covers and covers like a knight in shining armor became more popular for the big name artists so jude Devereaux's a knight in shining armor is a tearjerker of a time travel romance the heroine is transported back to tudor era england and falls in love with an elizabethan knight however things take a twist when she returns the future and then so does he and he doesn't recognize her so they have to find love in the past, find love in the present, and then what happens? Where, where, where in time will they find their forever after? You've got to read the book to find out. And, you know, time travel romances are always a little iffy for me, but this one is a really great romance. I love Jude Devereaux. She was one of my favorite authors growing up. Um, this isn't my favorite book by her, but it definitely stands the test of time. Next on our list is another Johanna Lindsay book. Yes, another one. This is Gentle Rogue. This is again published by Avon, released in 1990. And the cover artist is Elaine Dwillow. We have not seen her on this yet. But Elaine Dwillow with H. Tom Hall and Robert McGinnis formed what I call the Holy Triumvirate of cover artists. They, the, those were the big three. Elaine de Willow, she was the undisputed queen of cover artists, and she worked often with her model, her muse model Fabio, who's posing here with a green eyeshadow. Yeah, of course, because she loved to, Elaine de Willow loved to put eyeshadow on her men, men and women. So yes, Joanna Lindsay appears twice in this list, and for good reason. Gentle Rogue may not be historically accurate. It's not I would never accuse Lindsay of being a stickler for authenticity, but it is so whimsical, so romantic, so witty, and it's the best of her Mallory series. This is the second of, I think, 11 books in her series, and this is the best of them. I think the second best for me would be The Magic of You, but James Mallory here is an absolute cad. He's absolutely to die for. So the tables are turned on this cad, when he falls in love with a beauty who's disguised very poorly as a cabin boy. Her name is Georgina, 
and they fall in love or she falls in love with him they have sex on the boat it's called the love boat story as i say um and she abandons him at port and he'll have to deal with the wrath of his her five older brothers to get things straightened out and georgina has five older brothers who are very protective of her and when james mallory practically ruins her in public they take turns beating him up it's so it's a great scene it's a great great scene next on the list is outlander by diana gabalon this is published by dell books in 1991 i don't know who the original cover artist is this originally was published as a setback this book i'm sure many 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 of you are familiar with because of the series uh, outlander and this is just a very successful book now, Gabaldon has repeatedly said this is not a romance novel. She wrote this as a historical book about she had a, an idea about a man in the Highlands wearing a kilt, and she wanted to write a romance uh, a book about him. And then she introduced the character of Claire, who's very independent, way too independent for the time. So she used the conceit of time travel to insert Claire into the story. And Claire and Jamie end up falling in love. So that's pretty much what makes a romance novel is. It's a story where the main focus is a couple falling in love and ending happily ever after. It has those two required elements. Now, although the subsequent books in the series would separate the lovers through time and space, the first entry is pure romance. Outlander, or cross-stitch as it's known elsewhere, is at its core historical romance that features time travel. The married in the future heroine Claire comes off a little bit too perfect for my taste. There's a scene um, where she literally kills a wolf with her bare hands. Like, okay, you know, like, I don't want to say marry a Sue, but she's a little too, too perfect. Jamie Fraser, on the other hand, is a favorite hero for many readers. I kind of think he's beta but a lot of readers think he's an alpha, so I'm not going to debate the alpha-beta today, but there are a lot of readers who absolutely adore him, and he is uh, hes a big reason why Outlander is one of the most beloved romances of all times. The next novel here is another very unique book, Flowers from the Storm by Laura Kinsale. Again, another book by Avon. Published in 1992, the cover artist is Steve Assel. Now, this book features Fabio again, and his chest is glistening and open, and he's holding flowers. And this clinch—this is not a clinch cover, I'm sorry. This is a solo cover. This cover's a little deceptive because it's not really that kind of romance. It is cerebral. I'll say it's a very cerebral romance. It's an absolutely unusual story where a rogue of a man succumbs to a stroke. The Earl of Javot is mainly paralyzed and incapable of speech. And Maddie, a Quaker mathematician, takes on the job of rehabilitating him. There's a secret baby from his mis married mistress. So there's a lot of things going on in this book. It's very emotional. It's exquisitely written definitely deserves a look it's it's very unusual from it the old old school romances 
The next book on this list is the very famous Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas. I think I'm not, I don't know if that's how you pronounce your name, Lisa Kleypas. Again, Avon books. Most of these books on this list are Avon because Avon is the house that built romance. Published in 1993, this features the very famous artist, Max Ginsburg. Max Ginsburg, uh, she does fine art. It's like socially and politically minded now. And this, this cover was different from the other covers. It's called the Step Back, or as in the industry, they call it a tip-in where the front cover is kind of normal. See, look, the front's a nice little house. You open it up, and there's a clinch pose. So you don't have to be embarrassed. You can have your clinch and read your book in public. I prefer the predecessor to Dreaming of You more, but this book is the one that everybody talks about. It's a monumental book, and the readers absolutely adore the hero, Derek Craven, Derek Craven is a sexy, snaggletooth London rough who's pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He now runs a gaming hall and a brothel, and he falls for this curious, bespeckled young woman named Sarah. She comes in wanting to see what the underworld's all about with her little book taking notes, and he's very irritated by her, but he can't help but fall in love with her. She turns this entire world asunder, with her wondering innocence. And last on this list is Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. Another Avon release, 1995. I do not know the cover artist, but uh, I, I do like this cover. There, this is a traditional clinch again. She's looking up from a field of flowers. It's pretty. The Marquess of Dane grew up thinking himself worthless. He was, uh, I think, half Italian, half English, and he looked very different. He was very dark, very swarthy, big nose. So he, he was always called ugly, and he grew up very resentful. So now when he, grow, he grows up, he is a complete debauched rogue. He's just a, a, a pig. So may, he meets his match in Jessica Trent, who initially seeks vengeance against this guy. Slowly, she finds she finds she finds love with him. She really has a lot in common with him. Unfortunately, they get into a dishonorable situation, and when he refuses to do the right thing and ruins her name, the heroine Jessica shoots him. Now that makes this book very controversial in the eyes of some readers, and some readers it's an absolute must read because it kind of flips the tables on. In the past, it was the man who was more, you know, the man would smack the woman around. Look, she shot him. <laughs> so it's a big source of controversy. So so I want to hear your opinion from you. What, what do you think of the historical romances that we put on this list? Do you think we left any off? Do you disagree with the choices? And if you were creating a, a, a list of your favorite historical, not your favorite, but your more monumental romances that really change the genre which ones would you pick so what i would really love if you could drop a comment or come and visit our website and let's talk romance all right see you next time bye